reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. to think about it it is right here it is right now so strange said you now how you doing today brandon stokely i'm doing awful awful oh no awful 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 you saw the trade too huh yeah yeah exactly i mean what are we doing what are we doing we're seems to me we're sitting on our hands while other people are making moves trying to win a championship and they're getting better, and we're really not getting better. Oh, you don't think so? Nah. I mean, not compared to what we're seeing these other teams do. I mean, I don't want Kyrie. I don't think Dallas is a is a contender with just those two guys. Yeah. But you look at what Phoenix was able to do. Yep. And getting, you know, a, a top three player in the league. Yeah. I mean, that makes me nervous now. That makes me anxious to make a big move. And then that makes me ask the question, were we in on Kevin Durant? Should we have been on Kevin Durant? I'm saying, yes, we should have. We're in win now mode. And now I watch the Suns, who we all hate around here, you know, take a big step forward. And, you know, they're going for it. It's like, well, were, were we close? Were we in there? You know, that that's where I'm at. And I'm like, okay, Thomas Bryant, like, I, I don't even want to hear Thomas Bryant right now. Oh, that, that no, I don't. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I I don't even care about that really. Um, I don't think Thomas Bryant's going to propel us to a championship. I want a big move. I want a move that says, "Hey, we're going for it right now. Now's the time. Now's the place. Let's go get this thing." And I don't. I don't. I don't know if we're going to do anything. I, I just so for me, it's yeah, it's it's um, not a good day. You you feel differently? Yes, very uh, very really? differently. Yes, you're okay. The Nuggets are the number one team in the West in 21 games over 500. Phoenix is a struggling, barely over 500 basketball team. The, the, the Nuggets don't need a massive shakeup at the top of their roster. They need better depth. They needed a backup center, not named DeAndre Jordan, who can't play, and uh, Zeke Naji, who just is sort of disjointed. They have a legitimate backup center now. They're the they're the best team in the NBA along with Boston, and I have loved this team. They have the best I think starting lineup in the NBA. Maybe this Suns team now rivals that. Maybe they really do. Um, but I feel amazing about where the really? Denver Nuggets are. What? Yeah, the number one team in the West. <laughs> like like the Nuggets. Um, you're going to shake up the the uh, the number one odds on favorite to come out of the West. Be, be, like you, you can't get better than number one odds on favorite to come out of the West. So I feel, I feel um, while the road is now going to be rockier, which I think there we, we can agree on, this is going to be a turbulent ride. You're trying to win a championship. It was never going to be easy. They've been trying to get that deal done with Phoenix and Kevin Durant for it seems like two years now. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but they lost some stuff too. That really made Phoenix uh different. Uh, Mikel Bridges is a massive loss for them. He is a unique player and a part of the reason that they're they're able to get that deal done. But I feel great about where the Nuggets are. It's going to be challenging. But, they but gotta, you don't feel better today than you did yesterday. Oh, yes, I do. 
Yes, I do. Just because of Thomas Bryant? Yes. They needed a backup center. Yeah, uh, but now Phoenix just, they, they got much better. They did. So, I mean, like, I'm... I think both things are would, true. Would, like, you have, like, like, would you have traded? Would you have traded Bones, Michael Porter Jr. four first round picks for stinking Kevin Durant? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like could we have made that deal happen? I, I don't know. I, and you want to throw in someone I don't else? Know. You know that that's what my that's what yeah. my mind goes. Say Michael Porter Jr. Bones Highland um, four first round picks. I don't care. Four years in a row. I don't really care. You can have five. I don't. I don't care about that anymore. And 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 who do you want to throw another player in there? Take him. I don't care about that either. But you deliver Kevin Durant to this team, to this team, you're Rick Flaring mm. to the finals. You're strutting in I, there. I, I I don't even I don't know if um I don't know if that's that that's not a better deal than what the Nets got. That deal that you just threw together, yeah, that, that that's that's not as good as a deal that they actually got. Mikael, Br- if you put all those players together, like Mikael Bridges is the best player of anyone not named Kevin Durant in this trade, and if you included Bones and MPJ, those four picks, he is a different cat. He's a really good player, uh, almost twenty a game, but his defense, he is just a he is a um, condor. Give him five uh, first the, rounders, you, and you throw you in can't. another first. You, you can't. Why? You, why can't you? You can't give it's, a fifth first uh, rounder. Uh, I think you can only go four. No, years out. you go seven. No. Yes. Double is, check is that, that chicken fingers. That I'm right? pretty sure it's seven years out, brother. Can, can in the NBA first? I don't. Can you do that? I, mean, I, I maybe I don't know about all I that, but it's, it's seven years that. out. Okay. I believe yeah, yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, I think you can go seven years out because we're seeing twenty twenty nine picks uh, exchanged. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but the most first I, rounders you can give is four. Is I, that what you're saying? That's what I thought. Um, but but uh, but again, like that deal that you threw together. Like I don't know if I don't. I don't know if Denver was actually eligible to put together like this type of deal because what's different about what Phoenix gave up is those are guys on rookie contracts. Michael Porter Jr. signed a max contract, and he's, for all the reasons that you've kind of outlined through the uh, last couple you know weeks or months or whatever, like there's big question marks with him. There's no question marks with Mikael Bridges, and he's not making $170 million potentially. Bones is on a rookie deal, but he's average, he's a 12-point-per-game guy. Like that's not even who Cam Johnson is. So, could you have made it, uh, made that deal? It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe we can ask someone later in the show who's like, you know, more in tune with like right. these potential trades. But that's just where my mind goes. You know, I, I don't know if it was even feasible. But, yeah. You know, I'm just it, it's you're, you're not in a, a, as good of a position today as you were yesterday. See, I and, disagree with that because of the backup centers now. A hundred percent solidified, but but now you got a a true team in Phoenix that is yeah they lost a couple dudes, but man when you put uh, Booker with Durant with Aiton with Chris Paul, I mean golly that's a that's Here's a scary Chris. scary team. That's why I'm saying it, you're it not as as, as a good a position as you were um, yesterday today because of what Phoenix did, and now that's like that's a heavyweight, that's a contender with no you doubt. now a true no contender. Doubt. Where no doubt, if they didn't make that move, I was Phoenix, whatever. We'll right. Roll Phoenix, right. agree, agree. We'll roll them, agree. Um, and now they're a legit um, concern for me in the West. My thing is. First of all, let me just start here. I love this Nuggets team. I think it's the best team in franchise history ever. I think it's the best team that this organization has ever put together. And we've been waiting to what this group looks like for a couple of years now. And everything that they've looked like is everything that you could have hoped for. 
I mean, this is a team that has been dominant. Best team at home in the entire NBA that, unless something crazy happens, is going to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. I just, I love their starting five. Um, I, and I love their bench more today than I did yesterday. Thomas Bryant is a big ass physical center that is averages more than twelve points a game and is is a good player. And because the Lakers are on TV so much, I've actually seen um, more of him than you you would normally uh, in another situation. But this is a guy who's been in the league for five six years is a good player, and um, I, I just don't think the Nuggets needed to push their chips all in. They're they're they got four max players. They're playing awesome, and I still think they'll beat this Phoenix team. Here's my question. Who's Chris Paul? Who is Chris Paul at this stage of his career? Is he going to be healthy? Kevin Durant hasn't been healthy. He's not healthy right now. You know, he's out. Yeah. He's sprained MCL. Now, let's say he'll be back after the All-Star break. We'll see. But by the time he comes back, is there enough games to move all the chess pieces and say, okay, bring it in. Let's go be great. It, it, it typically doesn't work that way. I'm not going to argue with the blue chip high-end talent that they have at the top. But when you start really going through it, like, okay, Booker, yes. DeAndre Ayton, okay. I mean, yeah. okay. And Kevin Durant, 35 years old, not healthy. Chris Paul, 36 years old, hasn't been very healthy and has, is, is, is regressing. Um, I think it's super sexy. I think they got better. But I still don't think that it's going to derail the Nuggets championship hopes. I, I hope not. I hope okay. Not. Okay. I, I just learned, and we talked about it, I don't know, a week or two, three weeks ago, and me learning my lesson with the Rockies. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's, that's where I'm at today. I'm ready to push in whatever needs to be pushed in and to, to try to take that next step. Yep. Be ultra aggressive. Let's make this move. I don't care about three years from now. I don't care about next year. Right, and that so you're looking at Kevin Durant, yeah, 35, yeah, like, like all that stuff. Who cares? Um, and so that's that's kind of why I'm frustrated, and that's my mindset. Because if it's not this year, can I count on it to be next year? No, no, no. It's this year. I, I, Aren't your I, I, eyes I, telling you that this team is freaking I, incredible? Yes, they're 38 and 17. They're 26 and four at Playoff home. Playoff basketball is different. You know that. Yes, and and so it's like okay. But it's it's a nice it's been a nice regular season, but that doesn't get you anything. I mean, that no, gets you nothing. No, of course not. You're gonna have to and go out and do it. And other teams are trying to get better. Yeah. You know, did the Lakers get better with, yes. with getting? Yes, they did. Um, uh, Russell or who who they get? Um, um, D'Angelo. D'Angelo Russell. Right. So they got they got a little bit better. They got a little bit better because Westbrook is going out and he can't shoot a basketball, and D'Angelo Russell can. Um, and you got um, Golden State, who you're always nervous about. Yep. Right. And now Phoenix, you know, you got one of the better players in the league. We'll see what it looks like. Yep. Um, Dallas probably got um, a little bit better I with think Kyrie Irving. I think they did. So it's I'm just nervous that everyone else is is really going for it. And we're just like, we're cool. No, we're good. We, we, we're a great regular season basketball team. Like we haven't won anything here. No. This group hasn't won anything. They haven't done anything. And so I just don't want to um, rest on that and, and, and just be overconfident that this group that's been great this year is just going to roll through the playoffs. And I, so that's why it's um, a little bit frustrating for me and not a good day. My, 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 and we but gotta, you've helped me out. You've we, helped we, me we, out, though, so I, I appreciate that. we got to go to break, but uh, let me just say this. Phoenix just got better offensively. The Nuggets are the best offensive team that we have seen in the modern NBA. Phoenix just got better offensively. That's great. 
they're trying to catch up to where Denver is. So let's let's see. We still got a couple more hours, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe there's maybe One there's another deadline. deal. You're we're going to be following this every single step of the way. Um, you're not going to want to miss it. We'll continue to break down this trade. We're going to continue to t- uh, talk Stokely off the ledge uh, just a little bit. Everything's all right. All right. Everything's all right. You, you've done a good job of it, though. You, you've helped me out today. We're, we're, Thank you. We're, we're going to work through this together, but a blockbuster trade sh- certainly shaking up the NBA odds, no doubt, and we'll go through that here in just a second. Okay, how could Russell Wilson get to the point of being accused of running a rather fraudulent charity? We'll talk to someone who knows Russell really well. Coming up next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Philly and KC. Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. Okay, how did Russell Wilson get to the point of... Being accused of running a rather fraudulent charity. What a wild story. Just out of, well, I want to say out of thin air. It's not out of thin air. It's been being worked on uh, by the last six months by Jason Wolf of uh, the USA Today, based out of Phoenix, Arizona. He wrote the piece. He will join us live on this show in less than an hour. You are not going to want to miss that. Love it. In the meantime, Brock Heward of Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports 710 joins us courtesy of Elite Sportsbook. Brock, welcome back to the show. Yesterday was a weird day um, for us, so I can't imagine what it was like for Russell Wilson. What was your takeaway after you read through that rather extensive uh, expose from the USA Today? Yeah, and we actually had Jason on this morning out in Seattle, and he's he was excellent. So you guys are going to enjoy that, and your audience will enjoy when he comes on Great. in an hour. I, I mean, Saul texted me that article when it hit yesterday, and he just said, uh-oh. And I was like, oh, crap. What now? Like, you know, what, what what's next to, to discover here? And, yeah, and, and you read through it, and I, I would say this is not Brett Farvian. I don't think Russell Wilson's a criminal. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think this is just simply uh, too big to fail. And he got so big, and he continues to do all of these things to try to be so many things to so many people, and you just can't do it. You can't run an empire and be a quarterback. You know, the guy that uh, that Stoke and I played with, that, uh, that, that Stoke is very good friends with, Brandon, what would he do in season, man? He'd shut it all down. Like, yeah. It's 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 go time. It's football time. Even in the off season, when the start of off season training, I mean, it just it, Peyton Manning's become an enormous star now. Um, but he was always and always had that star power. But he didn't want to do that stuff while he was playing. Want to try to be as possible one of the guys. And you know, this is a, yet another illustration is to too big man. Too many things. Brock, shouldn't he have known the what, like exactly what was going on? I mean, that's a big part of who you are, um, your charity and your foundation. And you know, don't these don't these guys get reports like once a year? You sit down with your business manager, or your accountant, and they kind of spell things out. And I mean, that that was a that was that's a this is a big deal. And I mean, I don't want to give Russ just a pass, like oh well, Russ didn't know it's too much on his plate. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have known because he's taking the credit for it. His name's on this thing, and if you didn't know, then it's probably shame on you. 
Yeah. Uh, Jason's going to tell you that he's not alone in this, that from Andrew Wentworth to Anquan Bolden, the peanut Tillman, that, you know, this investigative piece wasn't about Russell Wilson. It was about all of these Walter Payton Man of the Year Awards winners and their foundations and how many of them run in, ran into the same trouble into the same headaches because I want to start a foundation. I want to start a charity. Everybody, oh, I got got some means here. I got a platform. Let me give back. Not everybody, but a huge part of them. And certainly these Walter Payton Men of the Year did and Clays Campbell. And then they get into it and realize, oh, my gosh, this is is yet another full-time business. And and this is one that is tax-exempt. This is one that is nonprofit. Right. This is one for the people. So this is one of any of them. You better be double-crossing your T's and double-dotting your I's, Stoke, to your point, because you don't do things appropriately here. You get in big, big trouble, and the people around you get in big, big trouble. But when you've got, I don't know, a west-to-east empire, when you've got a, a perfume business, when you're married to a you know multimillionaire hip-hop artist, when you are an influencer, when you are traveling the globe, when you're then trying to be a dad and then trying to be a husband, and then you are entangled in all of these spots and you're globetrotting everywhere and you're doing all of these things should you be on top of the details of this yeah you should but do you start to understand why you don't uh yes if you peel those layers back because you know russ russ just too big too many too many pulled in too many directions and and i don't care what you say oh hashtag no time to sleep no right you need time to sleep so you can process and think through all of this yeah this was really disappointing um i actually sat down and read through this entire thing twice and there is That's um, 28 minutes on reading on average because they now put a little thing, Stoke, I don't know if you've noticed these. Yeah, 14-minute average it, read was this it, one. It tells you the average read time. Yes. I was like, so excited. I'm like, 14 minutes. Woo. No, right. and, and it took me about 20 because some of this stuff is Correct. real. It's, it's, it's real. Yes, so I'm like, re- I have to read it twice. Yep. Um, Google the definition. To, to actually understand <laughs> it. I mean, What does this mean? I mean, this was, you know what, like, like this, this was disappointing. Like, they had this golf uh, event, this, like, Wilson Celebrity Invitational. They Played raised. In it. Oh, did you? It. Yeah. Wow. So they raised two point six million dollars to benefit the Seattle Children's Hospital, which is amazing. And there they are with this big check that says two point six million dollars. But then they expensed eight hundred and sixty grand for the tournament itself. You know how much eventually actually got donated based off that event? Seventy eight grand. And you had the check for two point six million, seventy eight wow. grand. Now seventy eight grand to a children's hospital is really amazing, Brock. And that's the thing. That's the shame about this because yeah. money has actually been raised for amazing uh, uh, causes, but not nearly what no, was represented he, publicly. He has been a remarkable and was for a decade an unbelievable catalyst. And it's why Safeway and Albertsons and those people wanted him and wanted his brand and wanted his name. And right. I mean, just a go getter and just you, you made a five ten quarterback in the third round. I mean, he was he was in the in, in the millions of meals that have been served. In the millions of dollars that have been donated, they have. But as Salk said on our show this morning, the problem is this just continues a level of exaggeration that's enough. Right. I don't need to know about high knees on the plane. I don't need to, right? I mean, it just continues on and on and on. And I think it shows you a level, once again, of this connection piece that when I said to you guys, I was right on things, I was wrong, wrong on things. Right when this trade happened, and you go back and play the tape, and I we were eating barbecue together, and I yeah. said, I think he's you're going to get his very best. Yeah, I remember. And and you got some of his very worst as a player, but I did say, now listen, there's a lot more to this. <laughs> you're going to get a lot, and I hope in this in this new opportunity he finds a way to connect and to connect with his teammates, and that didn't really happen this year. 
And I think this is another picture as to why. Because you're trying to do all of these things, and then you're blowing it up to a proportion that's just like, dudes are like, uh, uh, no thanks. Like, uh, like I, I get it, man. You're, you do amazing stuff. Like, just, just you know, you know what? Who, you know who nailed it this week? I mean, who absolutely nailed it on Monday was Sean Payton. And I never heard this line. Stoke, Zach, I don't know if either of you had either. I had never heard it in 20-some years doing this stuff and being around it. You're about to say anonymous donors. I sure am. Because I had never heard that term. And I don't think Sean Payton knew what was coming in two days. Mm. I don't think he's that Machiavellian, is he? I don't, it, 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 because then you start to go, oh, my gosh. Right, like, they, <laughs> right, right. Like, it really plays in this story yesterday. Like, you know what we're going to be? Anonymous donors. And I'm like, ooh, wow. Not, not front-facing influencers. Not public faces of influence. But that's what he and Sierra have built in their empire. I mean, that, that's what they are. That's why he wears the suits he wears. That's why he does the spots he does. That's why, and she is an amazing, talented artist. Sure. And has earned all of this influence. Sure. And has earned these millions of views and millions of dollars and all of it. But all of it is very, very front-facing. And how that, after this story blows over, and how that interacts with a new sheriff in town that wants anonymous donors will be fascinating to watch. Well, how, how do you think it plays out? Um Brock with, with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. How do you think this marriage goes in year one? Because, I mean, I think we all see that if it doesn't go well, that's going to be the end of it. It's going to be a divorce after this year. So what do you think? What's your we're best gonna guess? Have, we're going to have some very good tells very early. We're not going to have to wait till August or September. Right. You're going to get to see on his social media feeds, is this about Russell Wilson or is this about the Broncos? And is this about, like, hey, man, we're not writing how many Super Bowls we're winning on our cleats, and you're not going to see workout videos of me and the guys, and we're going to be anonymous, or are we going to continue to, you know, be the way we've been? So we're going to get you and, and all of us will get an opportunity here pretty quickly to tell how much of it sinks in. I would think, Stoke, the guy is an amazing competitor. I would think the guy wants to go to Canton, Ohio. That guy's had aspirations to be the greatest to ever do it. That's not going to happen. He's not getting to 10 Super Bowls and winning seven. I don't even think he's going to get to five Super Bowls. But he wants to get back to Canton, Ohio, and on that trajectory, and there's a reason he wanted this guy to be the head coach because this guy knows how to do that and wants to be led in that way. But we will get some very real signs over the next weeks and months ahead via his social media and via all of his platforms where for years – he has been the opposite of an anonymous, anonymous donor. Brock Heward, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. All right, boys. Be Thanks, well. Brock. All right, See there you. he goes. Uh, one half of Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports 710 joins us courtesy of Elite Sportsbook. Um, there's a lot to react to with this whole thing, um, and we know a lot more than we did yesterday, uh, and we'll s- sort of fill in some of those gaps coming up next. <laughs> Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. Massive shout out to our friends at Brothers Barbecue who hooked up a spread for our entire staff here uh, at the fan. Much appreciated. Was just digging in some of those uh, those smoked meats and mac and cheese, and they do a great job. So we appreciate them very much. 
Um, that story that, that came down yesterday about Russell Wilson and the misrepresented, that, 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 that's, the I think, the key phrase here. It's a misrepresented charity. It's not as if they didn't do good stuff. They just didn't do nearly the stuff that they said they did in the way that they did it. And you have this article from the USA Today, Jason Wolf, um, and he's going to join us at 1215. So you are not going to want to miss that. The author of the piece will join us. I was a little bit surprised. Um, I shouldn't have been after all these years, but I still was a little bit surprised. Yesterday on social media, the amount of fans that just blindly rejected this story. Really? Blindly rejected it. And I should have been prepared for that, but I still wasn't. Because this was this is a national outlet, a real journalist who worked six months on it and had hard copy stuff to present and a long format. Like this is this is this is like old school investigative journalism. And the amount of fans that just said, This is a hit piece, all charities work like this. This is like all this type of stuff. If you just click on my mentions as I shared this article, it's like, oh, this is TMZ. It's like, hold on a second. Guy, aren't you curious what this story is actually about? And when I took a dive uh, into it last night and read it two times over because it's a lot of stuff and took some notes on it, this, I'll say this, though. We've never, like, came in here and said, hey, like, you're going to take this side or something. I'm going to take this side. We just just try to be real. Yeah. I read this, and the one thing that I turned to my wife and said, I said, this stinks. It stinks. It's got a stench to it that is not good. Um, doesn't mean that Russell Wilson is a bad person. Doesn't mean that um, they didn't do some good. But Russell Wilson was made Walter Payton Man of the Year, and Roger Goodell is quoting this golf event and quoting these benchmark things that he did. When you actually look at the details, it's just totally misrepresented. Just fluff, just fake stuff, just not really what it looks like. Looks like this, but it's really just this. Right. But you're portraying it to be this. Very much portraying it. Right. Very forward-facing. Yeah. And, and it turns out it's not even close to being that. So... Those are the facts. I mean, no one's going out of their way to make it up. We didn't make this story up. No. It, 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 it dropped yesterday. And this guy's got facts to back it up. And it's just an, it's just an awful look. I mean, like, like you said, no one's saying that Russ is a, a crook here. They, they've done some good stuff, but not, not what was being portrayed. No. And that's bothersome um, when you look at uh, just the whole setup. And I think when when it comes to Russ, you're, we're, we I know we were asking the question like, is this really who he is? You know, and I think that's what turns off a lot of his teammates is uh, it just seems like there's a lot of fake there. It's not real, right? And everything is scripted. Uh, it's all about your brand. It's all about your image, right? And once again, you know, when you're holding up a two point six million dollar check, right? And but you're only actually giving away seventy something thousand. Seventy eight grand from how, how, how does that work? They had this golfing event, this Wilson charity golfing event where they raised two point yeah. six and you mentioned the right. big check, they take the pictures and you know 
and then you then the ta- you see the tax form. It's you, they actually donated seventy eight thousand to the Se- Seattle Children's Hospital. Right. Again, on its face, if I just told you they donated seventy eight grand, that's amazing. But that, you portrayed it to be you totally misrepresented right. it, and you said it was two point six million. They turned around and expensed for that golfing event eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Wait, and, and see, this is this is where I um. Have questions like, okay, w- what expenses are those? What what expenses um, for almost nine hundred thousand dollars? Where where are the where's the, those expenses going? Because I'm sure you got all the drinks um, donated, yeah, right. Um, Probably you, you should have. You're Russell like, Wilson in Seattle having a golf event, right? Like you, you can get the beverages comped. Uh, I, I guarantee you. Um, like the golf course. You know, most golf courses, I'm sure he, you can find a golf course that would ru- work with you, right? To, to, so I, and even if you did have to rent out the stinking golf course, right? Like, how much are you renting out the golf course for? For one day. For one day. For one day. What, what, what would it be? 50 guess, grand yeah, was, at the yeah, most? I was going to say 50 grand, 20, at the 25 most, grand. Right. You'd probably get it cheaper than that. I was going on the high end here. So, where, where, where are you spending the rest of the expenses there? Like, I guess, you know, you're working on it, but these guys are getting paid to work on it. You know, you're bringing in memorabilia stuff, right, and to, to auction off and things like that. But you know, those things are donated also um, for the most part. That's a huge number of expenses for one golf it tournament. It is. It's disturbing. And because you already have people that are on your paid. So you're not paying these no. people to come in to work those on it. Are, they already have salaried right. employees, and those salaries are in question that in the stinks. first place. Where did where, where that 900000 go? Yes. That is my question. Because if, if I was just using my brain here, I would say someone was stuffing their pockets. Yeah. That, that, that's, that, that's, that's, what, that's what it feels like. That's why the article was written. This is part of a five-part series on how the NFL and charities and these guys get in trouble. They zeroed in on Russell because his has examples like this. Because it was the worst one. It was the worst one. So that this is the second installment in this series. And, uh, and just to tease it again, the, the author of this piece is going to join us at 12.15. You're not going to want to miss it. But there's this character, um, Ryan Tarpley, who like left like a charter school in L.A. to like work for Russell. And he's listed as a full-time employee for the Why Not You Foundation. But the problem is when you really take a dive into it, he's, he's, this is my deduction after reading this. He's getting paid from the charity to do private work for Russell. What does that look like? Well, just this past year, they launched two businesses. He's taking credit for this Tarpley guy on his LinkedIn page. A part of his resume is launching these private businesses this past year. House of LRC, that's in Cherry Creek, yeah. that's part of it. Did you realize that Russell and Sierra this past year launched Evolution Advisors? What the hell is that? Oh. It's an insurance company and financial product company. That's what, to, like. That's the last place I was. Right, right, so it's like, this is. Being insured or put my money. So, so, so this guy on his LinkedIn page is like, we successfully launched this insurance business. We launched House of Dollars. It's like, wait, no, you're, those are, that, those are real um, taking ons of business. Right. And so you start to comb through it and you're like, wait, this is why he's getting paid twice as much as the average because he's got a side hustle. Charity. We need you to come over here and, and, and work work on our stuff. It right. seems like he is taking the charity money and that's how he's getting paid 
twice the average of his position because he's actually working full time for the Wilsons and their private businesses, which is a direct conflict from what a nonprofit is supposed to be. Right. And um, probably illegal. Yes, it I is. Would, um, uh, uh, yes, assume. it is. And here's and here's and here's to the to 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 this idea that like they didn't do anything wrong. This is a hit piece. In the piece, Mark Rogers, Russell's agent, admits that they may be in some trouble here. Mark Rogers in the piece. Is Mark Rogers is Mark an Rogers, agent. the agent who who negotiated these deals, these salaries. He said, if challenged, Mark Rogers said there is quote a high probability. The IRS could conclude the salaries constitute excess benefit transactions and levy substantial penalties. That's Mark Rogers saying wow. there is a high probability if the IRS looked at this that they could uh, uh, um, um, put down high penalties. That's the that's Russell's agent telling you. Right. That's that, the guy that set this thing up. Yes. So to say they didn't do anything wrong, Mark Rogers, the guy behind this, is He's saying. bracing you for something he coming He is bracing down. you yeah. that if the IRS really looked at this yet, yeah, there is a high probability they could be in trouble. So don't tell me that, like, th- th- this, is, this is not good. This is not good. No. I don't know how bad it is, but I can start with it's not good. No. It's, it's really super duper not good. And, and it's, it's not good for us. It's not, not good for us at all. This is the last thing that he needs. No, um, it's a massive distraction. He's hung his reputation on this. Everything, everything. I mean, and what? So what do you do? You start looking at him and saying, "Anything you do is real, man." Like, what is going on? Why is it always something? Why is everything so scripted? It's just like a fake life. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, we're gonna hit the pause button on that for now. We saw a real trend from NFL draft experts on how the Broncos should improve their team this offseason. How do the Broncos still go about that without the draft ammo? We'll take a dive into that conversation coming up next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. All right, we saw a real trend from folks who cover the draft on how the Broncos should improve their team this offseason. But the problem is things have changed in the last uh, two weeks in the trade for Sean Payton. How do the Broncos improve their football team the same way that the draft experts uh, wanted them to without the ammo? Here's what the heck I'm talking about. It started to be mock draft season about two weeks ago. Mel Kuyper puts out his first mock draft. Daniel Jeremiah puts out his first mock draft. Bucky Brooks puts out his mock draft, right? And they all were kind of saying the same thing. Daniel Jeremiah had the Broncos taken an edge rusher from LSU. Mel Kuyper had the Broncos taken an edge rusher from Notre Dame. Bucky Brooks had the Broncos taken an edge rusher from Iowa. And once I got to about the third one, and I'm like, you know, oh, is it going to be a right tackle? You know, what's it, what's it going to be? Uh, it's like, edge rusher again. What's the Broncos' current situation at the edge as it's massively important, probably a top three position, top four position in football, with the, uh, the groceries they currently have and the lack of uh, draft ammo that they currently have? Yeah, I mean, you look at who we have right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Baron Browning, right? Nick Benito. 
um, our prize free agent pickup last year, um, uh, Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. And then after that, I, I, who, who, Jonathan Cooper, right? Yeah. I didn't say him, did I? Nope. Um, and I, I, that's that's really pretty much it that you could say that's your core guys, right? Yes. And you might have some some other guys that they picked up halfway through the year and they might be in the off season, but I think th- those are the the bulk of your guys that you're expecting to make plays. Baron Browning, Nick Benito, uh, Jonathan Cooper, and Randy Gregory. Those are really the four. Okay. But two of those guys are not really – they don't really feel like front-line starters. Well, Nick Benito definitely doesn't. I don't know if Nick Benito can even be a depth guy for the Broncos. And that's that's depressing. It, it, it is, but it's it's just kind of where we're at. It was um, a very lackluster rookie season with a whole bunch of opportunity. So maybe that changes. We usually talk about, hey, you don't want to really start bringing judgment down on a young football player till we're two years in. Right. But you'd also like to see something in year one, and we didn't see actually anything. So, okay, Jonathan Cooper doesn't feel like a frontline starter in the NFL. So your your edge rushers for week one next year, unless something changes, if it, if week one was today, the edge rushers would be Randy Gregory and Baron Browning? Yeah, that's right. How do we feel about that? Um, not good. Not good now. If you told me one thing, I could feel a lot better about it. If you said, hey, they're going to play 17 games, both of them durability questions. Both of them. Uh, So the likelihood of uh, them playing 12, 13 games is is slim. I'm not even looking for 17. Right. So uh, that's uh, when you have durability questions about your top two guys, it's Randy Gregory, he's never been able to do it. And Baron Browning's still a young football player, but it's... Uh, I think he missed three games this past year, Browning did. It's it's not ideal to be in that type of situation. And then you look behind him, okay, and the depth's not there with Benito and Jonathan Cooper. No. And this is why you have Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, uh, who did I say, Mel Kuyper, all had the Broncos pre-Sean Payton uh, trade picking an edge rusher in the first round. Well, now you don't have that pick. So you're not getting the edge rusher from LSU or the rusher from Notre Dame that Mel Kuyper wanted or Bucky Brooks' edge rusher from Iowa. You're not going to get those guys. So I wonder what the approach is going to be at the edge because there will be an approach. This has to be addressed by Denver. Yeah. I think, well, you're probably going to be in free agency looking for a guy. We got some breaking news here. This is not a drill. So, okay, so so hang on to that thought that you just had um, if we circle back to this. But a trade has just been announced. Who had it, Woj or Shams? I'm guessing one of those two. Woj, okay, Woj, Bob. Bones Highland has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Wow. We don't know the compensation yet. Hopefully we get Luke Kennard. Hey, I really like Luke Kennard. How you can shoot it. I really, he's a, just a good basketball player and has gotten better. Yeah. Um. Bones Highland has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Sources tell ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski, right now in real time. So the Bones era is officially done, and now we wait patiently for what the Denver Nuggets are getting back in return. Yeah. uh, What do you think about him going to a team that obviously is right there with you trying to compete to win the West in the Clippers? 
I don't like it at all. I think this could age poorly for Denver over the next two, three years. I think Bo- Bowen's going to be, be a good NBA player. He, he, he has two skill sets that every team is looking for. A guy that can handle the ball like he can and can shoot it the way that he can. Those are just, those are just currencies. And he's got a real burst to him. Um, he's so shifty. And I think that it could be two years from now and Bones could be averaging 20 points a game. Yeah, well. But, 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 but that doesn't mean Denver shouldn't have done what they just did right. as well. It just didn't seem like it was a good fit here. Right, so sometimes things just run its course, and you just say, "All right, well, you know, he, he might be end up being a really good player somewhere else, but somewhere else, but it just wasn't going to be here, right, in this situation." And so it was best for po- both parties to just kind of move on. And sometimes that stinks, but that's um, that it, it might not age well for the Nuggets. But in this moment, right now, as we're sitting here today, it's probably was that we don't know everything that was going on. No. I mean, it's it was it's not just, it's not a situation where they don't feel like he could help them on the court, right? No, he's he was playing uh, twenty minutes a night, so it's 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 other stuff, it's other stuff, and you know who knows, um, you know we don't know all the details about that. We so don't. it's uh, you don't think they would move a young guy like that just to move him? No, and I started to hear some of these details this past week, and we sort of speculated a couple weeks ago when Bones Highland walked out of the gym and left the arena, that was a huge deal. That was a huge deal to the people inside this organization. That was like a line of demarcation. Like, really? You've played 100 games in the NBA, and you're walking out of the arena and going home because you're upset for playing 20 minutes on the number one team in the Western Conference? That was a big deal. Um, and then you're, there's also some just other... Yeah, that's the, just not... That's, a, that's, that's, that, that, that's not the... Reason, the only sole reason. No, it's not right. It's I not. mean, because you don't trade a young, talented player that you love just because he got a little bit upset. You know what you do? You sit him down and you talk about it and say, "Hey, we can't have that happen, right? You, you, you got to be here. You can't do this. Can't do that." And then you hug it out, and it's all good, and you move on, right? I mean, that's what happens with young players throughout all of, of sports. Sometimes those things happen. Young, a little bit immature, and so there has to be a, a, a lot more here. I think there's two things at the nucleus of why this happened, and that thing that happened a couple weeks ago was like the catalyst, the catalytic uh, uh, event that uh, – I don't know if I said that right. No, you didn't. The catalytic event. No, 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 no. It, was, it was the beep, – beep, beep, beep. Back it up. It was the watershed moment. There you go. That turned the corner, that, that entered the territory that we're currently in. We'll go over that. We'll get the compensation, what the Nuggets are getting back in return uh, uh, from the Los Angeles Clippers. If you're just joining us, Bones Highland has been traded to another Western Conference opponent. More reaction coming up next.